Hi, my name's Mike DeLong. I'm the pastor of the Vine Church. And if you are listening to this podcast or watching this video presentation, this is our special series on race. At the Vine, we believe that the answer to our current situation is not to draw our battle lines, retreat to our corners, and not say anything to each other at all out of fear of saying the wrong thing. We believe that the answer to our current situation is to actually lean in. It's to have the discussion. It's to actually work through the differences in worldviews. It's to talk it out. Now, look, when we do that, it's going to be messy. I mean, really messy in places. So as you consume this series, which has one-on-one interviews and panel discussions You'll have to remember to be grace-filled yourself. For there will be messy moments where you will be offended. Because you see, here at the Vine, we have a pretty multicultural congregation. We have many different people from many different backgrounds. It's just a matter of time until I say something or somebody says something that offends you. We live in a culture that's cancel culture based. Anytime we don't hear what we like or don't hear what we value, there's this temptation just to shut it down, cancel it. I'm going to ask you to suspend that for a moment. Offer grace to all that speak in this particular series. And as we work through this together, let's pray collectively that the Spirit of God would open our minds to the worldview of the other, give us perspective and mercy for the other, and that as we move together as a community, we may not fix the world, but we may become a shining example of how we overcome the differences in worldview through these discussions. This is our intent. Now, here's the deal. I can't control how you're going to react to this. The Bible clearly says in Romans chapter 12, it says, it says, do everything within your power to live at peace. As far as it depends on you, do everything to live at peace. Which means know my heart and know the hearts of those who've participated. We want to promote unity. We want to promote clarity and a biblical worldview. There will be moments when in our brokenness, in our inability to communicate effectively, we'll say things off the cuff that will not be exactly what we hold to be true. But I can't control your reaction. I can only ask you to be mindful, thoughtful, prayerful, and grace-filled as we work through this together. All right, proceed. Love you. Mean it. Okay, ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to our podcast, Pewology. If you're watching this uh, online, YouTube or Facebook, um, jump in, make a comment if you'd like. And if you're listening to us on our podcast, doesn't matter the platform. Thanks for joining us. I got my good buddy Josh here today. Let me do a quick review. Yes, please. Okay. So Josh and his family were coming here to the Vine. 
Josh was traveling. And I don't, you'll have to go, you'll have to remind me what set this off. But you're like, we live in a climate right now of great unrest around the issue of race. But this is not new to you. This has been growing for a long time. Especially towards the end of 2019, you were becoming more and more deeply frustrated by this. You reached out to me and you're like, hey, I want to come talk to you. And I was like, cool. I could sense the passion around the subject. I said, hey, I want you to listen to this podcast first. Sent you a podcast to which you had a fairly negative reaction to. And then we never got together. Then I reached out to you to participate in this, knowing the situation and your passion on it, because I thought you'd have an interesting worldview on this, and realized that I had been blaming you right. for not getting together, and actually I had sent you the wrong podcast, <laughs> and, yeah. it was, oh. and it was a little disconnected from what I was trying to right. send you. Right. So, but it worked out, you know, um, I have to admit, I'm, I'm grateful it worked out because... You know, there's a lot of things in my head, a lot of things that, uh, you know, you try to suppress, if you will. Yeah. So, uh, and, and you were definitely good to talk to, absolutely. Like, hands down, one of the best people that I've met in my travels to talk to. So losing that, to be honest with you, all, all for miscommunication is like, geez. Like, but we were like the poster children. And I'm admitting to you right now and saying publicly i'm definitely sorry likewise, it wasn't likewise, my likewise, it was never my intention to brush you off and I know. okay I know. and so i i totally dropped the ball a little bit on this one and um we're kind of poster children for i think what's going on in our country a little bit talking past each other and not talking to each other yes it's um no we weren't going to get much accomplished silent <laughs> you know that's that that definitely what's going to do well I, i've been saying this so let me let me tell you the theme behind this I've been saying that right now, based upon the murder of George Floyd, that it would be very tempting, especially for, let's, let's just be honest, very tempting, especially for white folks, right. to say, don't say nothing. This will burn itself out. Just retreat back to your corners. Let's not talk about this. It, it, people are too upset. Right? Right. And I'm a big believer that it's in these moments that as risky as it may be, and this is a risky moment for a, a, a white pastor, right? right? You can say a lot of the wrong things right you now. Can. Is the riskiness is we should be leaning in. We should be leaning into the mess, having the conversation, talking about the things that are important, uh, debating and struggling through the worldviews, listening and trying to hear what's being said. I've been saying now more than ever we should lean in, even though there's a huge like we, we live in cancel culture. Anytime somebody doesn't hear what they like, they just cancel. Right. You know Absolutely. what I'm saying? Do you see block. what I'm saying? Yeah. They and they just block it out. Right. Okay. So let's let's get it rolling. So have you? I've asked every single person I've interviewed this question. We've done a lot of interviews now. Have you watched the whole Floyd tape, the video? I've watched several angles. I'm confident I've seen all the videos available. Yeah. Yeah. I think I saw maybe four. Three or four different angles. Reaction. What was your reaction? Uh, I still have problems with it. I still... 
that's me on the ground, you know? That's, that's my son. And, no, not my son. That's Miles, my son, on the ground. That's, you know, my friends. That's, you know, my uncles. That's my cousins. That's my brothers. And uh, I live it every day. Yeah. You know, um, just thinking, like, uh, knowing that you're on camera and it's like, so what? You know, it's just a black person, you know? Um, it's just Floyd. It's not a big deal. You know, I worked with him. It's not a big deal. It's just Floyd. He's an addict or whatever the case. It's just George. That's all. It's not a big deal. And for anyone to partake in watching this and not doing anything, it's like, wow, like, do we really mean that little, you know? Um, and that's the, this, this just made the wound deeper, wider, you know, um, I wish I could say it was a slice, but it probably never was just a mere slice. It was always a gash, always a deep wound, but, um, watching that video, <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, it's a lot, man. It's a lot. And even now, like I said, just talking about it, just hearing about it, just, Thinking about it, it's um, it's it's it's, it's a it's a drag down to say the least. You know? Let's go slow. You you say, when I saw that video, I saw me, I saw my son, I saw my loved ones. Tell me about your personal experience. What has your personal experience been like with law enforcement? I'm from Brooklyn. <laughs> <laughs> Grew up in the ghetto. Okay. Um. I had the misfortune of watching and living through the crack ever. And um, I remember friends of mine that their moms would feed me, close me, embrace me. Well, now they were asking me for drugs and for money, and it's like, what? What happened, you know? Uh, friends I went to school with and hung out with, <coughs> started selling drugs early and I'm like yo what you doing bro like, you know so it was absolutely uh shocking to see this so at some point um I adopted the perspective that oh, I guess we are bad you know I guess that's why white people don't like us so much and I, I get it so when this uh Bloomberg thing came out stop and frisk okay me being my, not naive being uh, reasonably young, me knowing how my neighborhood was, I, I thought he was right. I thought he was like, okay, well, what's, what's the big deal? You know what? If you're not doing anything, so what? You know? I let this guy convince me that violating my civil rights because of my complexion was okay. This became a law. Yeah, they can pull up on any random person, <laughs> but not really. Not not really though. You know what but, I'm saying? But it was definitely you know? targeted. But in my area, yeah. anybody can be stopped. Right. But they don't do this in you know other areas. They just target you know areas like mine. And okay, why is it, what's in my pocket your business? You know, as long as I don't have a firearm, as long as I don't have 
something that's going to hurt someone. And to stop a thousand people and the percentage that they recovered anything was so minuscule that it was like, yo, we need to get this out of here. But at one point, Mike, I thought they were right. I thought it was okay. I thought it was, hey, you know, they stopped me 20 times, you know, this weekend. Hey, big deal, you know. Have you had a lot of interaction with law enforcement? A lot. Really? A lot. I've always been a big guy. You think? Do Do you think it's it's appearance? I mean, no, I, I I get that you think it's race related, but do you think it's hey, I'm a big guy too? I'm, I'm a, I'm, a I lot look. of officers, a lot of people in in school, um, in the neighborhood. So when you're the big guy, you have this uh, idea that if they get the big guy, everyone else will run, or you know, people will scatter, or whatever the case may be. Or they'll set a precedent that, you know, I'm not to be messed with because I haven't beat up the big guy. So it was it was not uncommon for me to be challenged by whatever the case may be going about, you know, life. Um, and oddly enough, anytime I encountered an officer that was smaller than me, which was quite often, even when I had the face of a 15-year-old, a 14-year-old, a 13-year-old, a 16-year-old, whatever the case may be, it was their intentions quite often to remind me I'll take you down. I can change your life, you know? Even if they didn't always put this in the air. I've been pushed, shoved, cuffs on too tight. Like, yo, what did I do? Like, I, I've been caught with marijuana over right. my, oh, that is the work. And what happened with Akina, me spanking my child, yeah. finding out the hallway, Florida doesn't allow that. No problem, okay? <laughs> that part is behind over right. there. Throughout my history, my arrests have been marijuana, like, yeah. you know, uh, and I think jumping the turnstile when I was a kid, you know, once. So I don't have anything that, whatever. Uh, Not a lot of violent history yeah, no, or anything no like violent. that. I yeah, don't have yeah. anything crazy. Yeah. So, Nothing like that. So when pretty, I, when pretty I, minor offenses. Absolutely. Yeah. So when I think of how we're pulled and shoved and pushed and beaten, and mind you, cameras just got big. Even if people say, oh, no, we've been recording for 10 years. Yeah, that's still just, you know. 20 years. That's still just, you know. Yeah. I've been out of school since 94, so we're, we're not talking about something that, you know, um, wasn't a problem all these years and no one knew. Everybody knew. Everybody knew. People saw it. You know, it's just your word against the officer's word. Well, well uh, okay. Right off, you're going to lose. What would you say to someone who says... Because you lived through this. I, I have no concept of stop and frisk. I appreciate that. You know, zero. Zero. I've never, I've never even been to New York City. Right? Um, what would you say to somebody who said, yeah, but the, the crime statistics in New York, stop and frisk actually lowered crime? But it didn't. Okay, you don't think it did? No, no, I know it didn't. Okay. It absolutely didn't. Okay. Um, that's why they eventually like, had to weed it out because it was like they're stopping thousands of black people and they're not recovering anywhere near, like the percentage was under 10%. Okay. So if you said the percentage was, even if, even if it was 50, let's say it was straight in the middle 50, right. you can make an argument, you can make a case. You Do know, you think, um, but, but let's go slowly. Do you think that's a good argument? Do you think that if the, like the pragmatic argument of a lot of people, all different races, would say, well, if it works, it doesn't matter how it works. Is uh, that a good argument? It's wrong, period. <laughs> Okay. It <laughs> violates your rights. Right. Okay. Rights, okay. Period. Okay. But 
you'd have at least more of a leg to stand on with that. If you had that art. Okay. If you had Fair better enough. statistics. But at no point would I say, no, it's okay. Because it's not. It's not. Um, I think that uh, it, it should be one way, you know. There shouldn't be laws that um, only pertain to black people. Mm -hmm. uh, a, a coworker of mine just showed me um, something on uh, Facebook, and I had saw it, but you know it's been long detached from my memory until he showed me again. I believe it was an armed robbery. It was a white kid and a black kid. There were two years difference in age. I think one was 18, the other one was 20, or something of that nature. Uh, both old enough, old enough to be charged as adults. Each one of them had, uh, this is the same day, the same court, mm -hmm. the same judge. Mm -hmm. They both had a total of 136 points, whatever that means that with their crime. Yeah. It was a total of There was a system of measuring right. this, right, sure. The white kid got two and a half years in county jail. Mm -hmm. The black which, kid was- Which it comes to jail, that's like- yeah, well, that's the best you're going to get. Yeah. Okay. The black guy got 26 years in prison. Why? What's the disparity? It's the yeah. same exact crime, totaling the same exact points. These kids are a year and a half, two years difference in age. Oh, there's a bigger gap. Their complexion. Why is that factored in? And it's always been, I, I promise you. No guys who've gotten 10 years for less than a handful of crack. I know guys who've gotten no time and they got caught with half ounce, an ounce of cocaine. Like, yeah. you know, what? You know, their record, they have little things on their record, but it doesn't, a, a to I know a kid, I, I worked in a lot of nightclubs in New York. Yeah? That was your gig? Yeah, yeah, I did. A, I mean, a lot of bouncing, a lot of personal security. I met a lot of people. That, and uh, I used to work in a spot in uh, Bay Ridge. Bay Ridge is middle, upper class, Caucasian people. But, you know, I mean, there's been some bad things happening to black people out there. But still, the club environment is, is, is there. And there's a guy I used to work with. He was a promoter, white guy. He can drive his car as fast as he wanted, <laughs> down the wrong way. Excuse me, down yeah. the wrong way. Yeah. Never get pulled over. Like, what the heck? I do 46 in a 45, I got problems. And you felt like there was going to be an issue. Just about every time I've been pulled over prior to me moving here. No, I don't want to say that. I'd say at least half the times I've been pulled over. I was told to get out of my car and was searched. And, and I thought that was just the way it was. And again, violation of my civil rights. I, I watch these uh, these tyrant recorders, and I see them. Yeah, I'm not getting out of my car. Yeah, what law did I break? No, I'm not opening my window. Now you you can slide what you need to slide through, and talk to these cops any kind of way they want. Colorful language included. Mm -hmm. They're not giving up any ID to you telling what they did. I want your supervisor. I mean, like, wow. Well, I got pulled over about three weeks ago. It didn't work. When I asked him, well, what did I get pulled over? I need your license and ID. Sir, okay. What did you pull me? I need your license. Aren't you supposed to tell me what I did to be pulled over? 
You gonna give me your license and registration or I'm taking you to jail. I just came from out of town. I didn't get a chance to shower yet. I didn't get home. A three and a half hour ride from out of town, Miami. An hour from the job and now I'm almost home. And making my turn on over by Pleasant Hill and geez, and I don't really want to go to jail. Not for the weekend, for sure. I just got in town. Yeah. So now, okay, we're gonna do it your way because you clearly have the power. And I gave him my license and registration. I wanted to keep my window cracked. Open my window up. Wow, this doesn't work anything like the videos. Jeez. <laughs> but you know what did work like the videos? What was that? Six other cop cars showed up. Just like the videos. Mm-hmm. And then I believe he was a sergeant. Or he, he, was a, he was a big dog. Well, whoever allegedly saw me, this offense, who stopped me initially. That his name wasn't on none of the paperwork. Some other guy signed his name or his initials where my name goes. And they gave me two tickets. And I'm like, wow, this, <laughs> he just handed this off to somebody else. Like, you didn't see, he wasn't here, but just take my word for it. It's like, wow, this is, this is America. Mm-hmm. This is America, you know? Um, and I'm gonna fight it, you know? The courts was closed when I went down to fight it, but I told him I could do something online and we'll see what happens. But do you know how many thousands and thousands of tickets go, bias tickets that go unchallenged? We just wanna go back to our life. We just wanna get back to our lives. We wanna avoid you at all costs. If you said I was doing 50 and a 40 and you're lying, it doesn't matter. The only way I win is if you don't show up to court, you know, or if there's some discrepancy or the paperwork. Why should that be the case? Why again does my complexion factor into so much in this great country? Tell me um, your thoughts on the aftermath of the Floyd murder and now all of the protesting and the, the good and the bad that's come along with that. What are your thoughts on that? I think, uh, for starters, I think a lot of people uh, have the misconception of thinking that Martin Luther King's protests everything surrounding it was positive and peaceful and and that's not true you know what people fail to realize the hands down change like really really like was in the atmosphere like something has to get done guys is when they gunned him down when they took him out when they took out kennedy you know these things were tied to you know race relations america said we got to do something we got to give him a little bit gotta give him a little bit you know, <laughs> and, and they gave us a little bit, you know, mm-hmm. but um, now the rioting, the marching, the yelling, the screaming, the tears, the, I think um, the positive has been very positive. The negative has been unfortunately very negative Mm. and the sad part is that we have entities involved in the negative that have nothing to do with supporting the cause instigators the instigators of all different races of all different races absolutely and some attachment to the government 
Well, it's, it's not even some attached. It's a factor. It's a fact that some of them are attached to the government because mm -hmm. the police are some of them. Mm -hmm. You know, um, even right now as we speak with America in such a broken state right now, especially people of color, with the officers know that they're under high scrutiny. Mm. They're under, you know, uh, the eye of Big Brother, like they're watching closely. They're still doing the same thing. Still doing the same thing. Dragging college students out of their car, beating them, like everything, busting windows, stabbing tires, like a pack of wolves. Why does police officers remind you of a gang? Why is there far too much connection between police officers and gangs? It shouldn't be that way. They should be as far detached as, as possible. Yeah, we're an organized unit that does good. A gang would be the opposite, an organized unit, and quite often a disorganized unit that's not for the good. Police used to be, you know, um, you know, officer friendly. It's not my reality, and to see that even now, you have people using this situation for a means to make things worse, for a means to incite anger, rage, uh, higher conflict between the powers that be and the protesters. It's horrible, like this was your opportunity, like an opportunist would jump in at this point, you know. I mean, geez, if a deer is already shot and he's bleeding out, you don't have to go, you know, poke him with more arrows, you know. He, <laughs> go slit him, throw it and put him down, or you know, you don't have to, you know. Mm -hmm. uh, and, and what a platform they have yeah. to cause as much destruction as possible. Unfortunately, there's too many police brutality cases going on right now. George Floyd is what we see predominantly, but Sandra Bland's things, those wounds are still open. You know, um, obviously uh, the young uh, Mike Mike Brown, and like there's still so many people that you tend to forget their names. There's so many, you know, and it's like you can't do anything comfortably and be black including protests because they want you to know hey I'll take you out bro like I'm I'm the guy to do this yeah you know it's it's I saw an officer in one of the videos <clears throat> I don't know how tall he was in person but on the video he didn't look to be that tall I say maybe five seven if that yeah full riot gear, you know, this big old gun, and he was just ready, shaking. You know, yeah, Is it during this protest yeah, time? During the protest okay, time. Okay, got it. And, and, and to see, like, he, he's baiting people. Yeah, let's do it. Come on, come on. Like, when did you guys become gangsters, man? What happened? Yeah. But let's be fair. Watching a lot of these protests, mm -hmm. you got a lot of these guys baiting these cops, too, to interact. Okay. You know what I'm saying? You get paid to do this. Oh, I get you. I'm just saying Guess what? Something tells me at some point. So, Mike, you're <laughs> white pastor. <laughs> you oversee a congregation <laughs> of the United Colors of Benetton. There you go. Come you on. Know, black, white, red, yeah. green, and all in between. Right. 
something tells me in all the years you've been doing that someone has tried to pull you out of character. Yeah, sure, absolutely. All right, and guess what? I don't care what happens unless someone strikes you that's your size. Even if someone strikes you your size or bigger and you take them down and you keep going. No, I get you. We're going to look at you different. Definitely. I'm not. In fact, that's what I was. That's what I was trying to send you originally was the discussion that surrounds the power. The unequal footing of power between the police and the public and the responsibility that is on our law enforcement to conduct themselves in a higher manner. Now, I think our perspectives diverge on this a little bit because okay. of experience. Okay. And I'm not saying that's wrong. I'm saying I'm I'm, wrong. You, you're shaped by your experience, I'm shaped by mine. Absolutely. Right? But let me ask you this. Can I, I want to ask you about an, a, a specific individual case that I'm asking other people that I'm doing these conversations with. And I want to get your opinion, okay. like an honest opinion. So I, we've been looking at this um, Brianna Taylor Instance. Are you familiar with the details of the Brianna Taylor deal? I know uh, quite a bit about it. Okay. So just for all our listeners, 26-year-old, um, African-American, um, emergency medical technician, Brianna Taylor, was asleep in her bed when the Louisville Metro Police Department executed a no-knock warrant, entered the home, um, looking for drugs based upon an investigation of an ex-boyfriend. Mm-hmm. And in the execution of that no-knock warrant, she was shot eight times, over 20 shots fired. Um, what was your initial reaction to that? Will this be the one that puts it over the top? Will this be the one that makes someone say enough is enough? Do do you have any law enforcement in your family? Uh, Do you know his brother? But I I don't know him well. Do you know anybody in law enforcement? A few people. Do you? You anybody you like? Uh, Well. (laughs) <laughs> I'm, just asking, I'm just asking for experience sake well you know it's funny because um i work with a white guy in the clubs like for years okay and he's quite my junior but um he had access to a lot of owners that a lot of people that gave him contracts or whatever may have you so okay. he, he connected me with a lot of money okay, okay helped me sustain yeah my comfort zone for years yeah when i found out that um he was trying to be a cop it's like wow it's horrible because you didn't feel like he was character worthy i I, I knew he was the, the kind that would be trouble yeah any any case that came out about white cop killing on black on black man or white person killing on or whatever the case may be he rationalized it as the black person was wrong. He dropped the N-bomb like it was nothing. He felt as if he grew up in uh, Flatbush, Brooklyn. So he was allowed. He, he, well, he was given a pass. I didn't like it, um, but a lot of the guys that we worked with went to school with him prior to me coming on board. So though him and I got cool, and I said, I don't like that. you know. But like he used it often, yeah. often. 
and um, chased black women, you know. I mean, he, I guess he thought he was, you know, the guy. But <clears throat> I knew if this guy makes the transition to NYPD, we're in trouble. He's going to be a terror. And sadly, he did. He, he did transition it. Here's and- my question <laughs> When these guys execute the no knock warrant, mm-hmm. her boyfriend shoots first. Okay. I'm just asking. We we tend to talk about all these cases and in all the panels that we've done so far, we kind of wrap all these cases in a group and almost paint with a broad brush, like these are all very very similar, where okay. each of them has their own kind of circumstances and details to them. And when you get down in the nitty gritty, it gets a little more funky in certain places. But if you're a cop and you're executing a warrant. And somebody shoots at you. It, is it okay to return fire the way they did? Is it not? Is there mitigating circumstances here? I think it's uh, so. I I try not to pile them all together. Okay, um, you try to look at them as individual they're, issues. They're, they're, well, they are individual. Um, a lot of them are eerily similar. Yeah, but they're, they're still individual occurrences. Um, unfortunately, with the Brianna Taylor incident. Um, if I'm an officer and you fire at me, it's a green light for me to do what's needed. Yeah. The thing about it is that you still do have a responsibility of hitting your target. (laughs) You kind of have, if he's in the bedroom, she was hit eight times. Eight times. Okay. I'm assuming it was dark because they were sleeping. Okay, that's fine. You know what I'm saying? So I, I'm, I'm cutting them a break there. I'm like, okay, it was probably dark. They're probably firing in the room. They don't know what they're firing at. They're firing at being shot at. But, you know, um, dead people don't talk back. Fair enough. Fair enough. He's alive. Right. Yeah. But, you know, dead people don't tell tales. Right. And like it or not, you know, you should be held to a higher standard. So when you think about it, the person you came to get. Okay. Okay. I, I, I wasn't there. I don't know if he fired first or not. If he yeah. admitted to it, you know, yeah. I, I didn't listen he to did. him. I just uh, listened to the news surrounding it. I read some articles surrounding it. Right. And then I saw some protests that didn't really materialize as much until George Floyd's situation came yeah. about. Then. The Breonna Taylor incident. Say your name. It, it, it gained some more, you know, yeah. some uh, push. Um, but if, I mean, cops, the story is whatever they say it is. Yeah. Okay, that's that's what it is, you know. Yeah. If they have a camera on, I've seen quite often, I, I've, I've watched this. They can cover the camera. Hmm. I've watched them, you know, do things to conceal the event in its entirety, even when being recorded. I guess what I'm asking you to think about and what I'm struggling with is this particular case is getting traction here with um, all the current protests. But I look at this case and I go, and, and look, I, again, I'm a white guy talking from my experience, right? And I get the fact that we may look at this from very different worldviews and come out on very different Right. kind of planes. Right. But I look at this and go, is this about race or is this about power out of control? 
That particular case? Or? Yeah, that particular case. Um, well. Because for me, think about it. For me, I look at it and I go, to me, if the police are executing a no-knock warrant, they're doing their job. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. But I think there's a fair question to be asked, which is, should the police be using the tactic of a no-knock warrant? Now, since this case, they've, they've suspended no-knock warrants. Right. So that's my question. Is, is the law enforcement mechanism using tactics that are power out of control, right, that should be addressed? But this isn't really racism, but it's kind of getting lumped in. Does that make sense? It, it does. Okay. It does. And, and that's a great perspective um, that I, I can't even say I've really chewed on much. Okay. But I can look at that and, and hear it right now and, and break that down and say, yeah, I can definitely. Um, so a no-knock warrant is, is I mean, it's, it's a green light to kill. I mean, think about it. You know, if I can kick your door open. Because I can believe you're an intruder, which, is what, the, which is what the boyfriend said. I, I was going to say, absolutely. Right. You kick my door open and. In my mind, I have the right to defend myself. And if I'm a gun owner. So you, you gave him a green light to right. kill these people. Yeah. Any no-knock no warrant is a green light to kill someone because it doesn't matter if you, what color you are. If you shoot to defend your home, then they more or less have the right to gun you down. Yeah. So and, and what American, if they have the, the if they have a firearm at home, what American is going to let someone kick their door open and not start shooting? The moment they hear something, what's going on? The first thing they're going to reach for is a weapon, something yeah. to defend themselves. And in America, a lot, a lot of a lot, a lot of times that that mechanism to defend yourself is a firearm. Yeah. Second Amendment, baby. You know. <laughs> you know. So you. so, I can understand from an officer's perspective. Some will argue I was doing my job. Some live for this. Some want to be on the no-knock warrants. No, no, let me take it. You know, um, And still, where's the accountability? Hey, listen, an innocent woman, and let's just say innocence for, you know, uh, I mean, she had a job, she worked. No, by she all accounts. Bad, she's in a bad company. She's all accounts. This company. is a woman caught in the crossfire. Right. Very bad company, but you kind of should have some kind of accountability where you're obligated to hit who you're shooting at. Yeah. Kids can't die and women dying and bystanders dying. That's why when a cop is chasing someone on the street in a, in, in a car, okay, high pursuit, at some point they tell them, lay off, let it go. If you're going to injure others in this pursuit, let it go. We'll get them another time. Okay, or they'll try to pick him up down the road somewhere by another unit. But to chase him through, the cops will get fired because they, they cause accidents sure. and hurt people and sometimes fatal. You ever met a good cop? <sighs> um, <laughs> Putting you on the spot. <laughs> no, I'm going to tell you. Uh, so let, let me give you my perception of that first. And, and let's call it Ode to Mike DeLong. Okay, this is the Ode to Mike DeLong? I, I don't believe there there's any good people. Oh, no, nice. I, I, Very I, nice. Very I nice. I get that. Very nice. I re- you, yeah. All of us are broken. If you only knew how I model myself out, like, guys, listen, people say, you know, I think he's a good guy. 
listen, I'm not a good guy. Yeah. I try. Yeah. I try to be decent, I promise you. Okay. I try every day of my life to be as decent as I right. possibly can. But okay, good, let me rephrase. Do you okay. think there are cops trying? Uh, yeah, but I think that um, I think it's difficult to stay on the right side of the fence when you know the consequences of going on the wrong side of the fence are almost non-existent. So this is what I think is happening. And you tell me if you think I'm right. I'm just calling it like I see it, okay. right? I think that from my worldview, I look in at law enforcement and go, yeah, there are things we need to address. I'd like to talk about it. But I think 99% of the cops are good. And I think you look at it and go, there's a lot we need to talk about. And yeah, I think it's 50-50 at best. At best. Let me tell you something, Mike. Do, I mean, do you agree with that statement? I, 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 I at, at, at best. Okay. At best. Okay. But, but do you see the world, how the worldview, how Absolutely. your experience shapes your view of that? My experience shapes my view of that. And maybe there's truth in the messy middle here. Well, you know what I'm saying? Like we, somewhere we probably, there's some truth. We, we probably don't engage in the same viewing, you know. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I, I, I would imagine... There's probably nothing we watch that's that <laughs> That's parallels. a lie. You know we probably watch some of the same shows. You, you're a liar. We got Netflix. We're but watching some of the same stuff. Fair enough. But, but you understand what I'm saying. <laughs> I hear you. Well, um, unfortunately, a few years back. Oh, it's not. I don't say unfortunately. Let me rephrase that. Fortunately, yeah. I believe. Um, I don't know. I got really into these YouTube videos seeing what was going on. Right. Like, whoa, wait a minute. And then to see... Not guilty. Then see something else. Not guilty. Something else. Not guilty. And and this became wait. This is getting become an epidemic. Like you know, um, and and no offense, but it's it's almost a relief to to see a cop killer. No, no, I'm Spanish guy. Like Jesus Christ, spread it around. You 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 are killing us like left and right. No gun on scene. No jail time. And more often than not charges like what the heck is that what you know what, what about your view on that though you watching these videos you're watching the outcomes a lot of these outcomes are happening and there are trials with juries and not all these juries are all white juries mm -hmm. so what do you think's happening so this is the thing you know you can play tricks and get away with a lot of stuff. you think it's legally maneuvers absolutely okay. absolutely okay Let's charge him with first-degree murder because we cannot get him on first-degree murder. Oh, so you think there's a plot behind absolutely. the scene from the DNA it, level? The DA level. The, absolutely. I See, I think it's, this is another worldview thing. So, I mean, let, let, let's go at this. This is perfect, right? Another, I've never heard this. This is perfect. Okay. So I look at it, and I go, there's this public outcry. Mm -hmm. They put pressure on the DA to charge first. The DA goes, well, I'll do it, but I know we can't get it. Mm-hmm. And then they charge and don't get it. That's right. But you look at it the other way. You look at it like the DA sitting there going, well, I'm going to do this because I, I want him off. A lot of people who want these charges, they don't really understand fully how to do it. I agree with that. What it takes to prove this particular charge. I agree with that. People, so for example, uh, Zimmerman when he killed Trayvon. Yes. Okay. That's a great example of this problem. Zimmerman, he's not a white Anglo-Saxon Protestant, but still, yeah. he's a non-black guy. Let's yeah. just say that. Okay. Yeah. Zimmerman 
if he was charged with involuntary manslaughter. I, be, I even say just manslaughter. Just he, manslaughter. They would have gotten it. Okay. They'd have gotten that. I agree. But third degree murder. I think they charged Se- him with second. Yeah, didn't second they? degree murder. I think they charged second. Now there's the burden of intention. Yes. That's very tough to prove. Was this his intention? Right. First degree murder is, oh, it was premeditated. This one, he planned. He left it. He planned. Yeah. And guess what? You know how hard it is to prove these things? I agree. Virtually impossible. I agree. We're, I, I'm so, on the same page with you on this stuff. I've been saying this the for. The DA, it's in. It's his job to say it's his responsibility to say, "Hey, listen, we can't get this." Yeah. And I know. I'm telling you. Let's get him off the street for ten to twelve. Yeah. We're not going to be able to, to get this twenty five years. Yeah. Okay. There's a cop. I forgot the young kid's name. Little boy too. God forgive me. I forget his name. Sixteen shops. Shot yeah, I, I, I know this kid's name, 16 too. Uh, times, Mike. I saw that one. Now, uh, by the way, I want to address that worldview of the 50-50 okay. at best. I want to address yeah. that. But either way, 16 times he shot this kid. Okay. He got convicted on so many counts for, for every bullet. Yeah. Okay. He killed this kid in cold blood, deliberately. And all you got was 16 years? Are you serious? Yeah. There's a guy who got 20 years, 25 years life for robbing someone with a toy gun. And you, a police officer, paid by me and you and the great people of America. And you plan to kill, you cannot say it wasn't planned when you shoot someone 16 times who was not running to The paperwork is all wrong, mm. and it took everything in our power just to get him off the street for 16 years. Guess what? He can get home and enjoy the rest of his life because 16 years doesn't amount to 16 years. You may get 10, you may get seven. Yeah, he's not going to do 16 years. Yeah, okay. Now, by the way, let's address that worldview thing you said. Yeah. Um, you think maybe 99% of the cops yeah. are good. All right. Well, you got to remember this. This is your house, if you will. Yeah. This is the house that you've been in, mm-hmm. in, in, in empowered to see over, run yeah. this house, okay? You have five deacons, five deaconesses. You mm-hmm. have, you know, teachers. You have, you know, sure. okay. It's your job to know what they're doing. Right. Okay. And if you know that, Karen is stealing. Well, you know that John is, you know, whatever, having parties at the church when no one's around, you, whatever the case may be, or jopping up the numbers, or whatever the case may be. If you know this, and you don't say anything, you're part of this. You're okay? complicit. So, absolutely. Yeah. And being complicit, excuse me, depending on the situation, it's criminal as well. You can't watch your, your fellow officer Hurt someone unjustly, kill someone unjustly, and keep 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 a quiet, you know, tongue. That you you, you did it too. Then, so oh. this brings up my this brings up my. Let me give you okay, go ahead, go I'm ahead. sorry. Again, don't remember the names. <laughs> An officer. Uh, there was two black kids. They had BB guns, I believe. They were in a car. Um. Anyway, 
officer when they got there took him out of the car, took him in the house, and one of the officers proceeded to beat on the kids. They were 16 or something like that, 15, okay. 16. Choke them. So a black female officer, what are you doing? She went and grabbed the officer to pull him off. He got up and he knocked three of her teeth out. Her, her fellow officer? Her fellow officer. Oh, wow. And then the rest of the officers just grabbed her and held her. Well, she lost her job and her pension. She yeah. was fired. You got to send me that case. I absolutely that will. He yeah. eventually was charged and he got, I believe he got four years. What's wrong with that? What's wrong with that picture? Man, you just ruined my next thing. I had, yeah. a, I had this great idea, but you just ruined it. Well, uh, again, <laughs> exposure. Well, here's you know? my thing. Uh, this, so this is what I, I've been saying this over the last couple of podcasts. I've been saying that I think I, I've been saying the opposite of what you just illustrated, which you kind of ruined it. Way to go. Um, go I've been over. saying, hey, <laughs> I think that the answer is to, to community policing and some of the police reforms that we want and the accountability that we need is highly integrated police departments. Uh, we have one here in Kissimmee that I'm, that we're, I'm really proud of in, in our city of Kissimmee. We, ha we have a large Hispanic population here in Kissimmee. We have, a we have pretty good Spanish representation on the uh, Kissimmee Police Department. Um, and I tell you, let me tell you the, the story that I've been telling everybody where I, where I came to this conclusion. And maybe it's flawed. Maybe it's my worldview. I don't know. But it's just what I've been seeing. I'm watching these protests. And you've got a lot of these young protesters, and they're right in front of these cops, and they're pushing them and baiting them into conflict and all that kind of stuff. And you're right. The cops shouldn't do it. And the white officer, he's got a, he's got a black girl, like, kneeling in front of him. Yeah, and the white officer just knocked her down. Mm -hmm. And then that black officer, who was mm -hmm. obviously a ranking mm -hmm. officer, snatched him up. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, there you go. Mm -hmm. That's a perfect example of what we need. We need accountability, right? I mean, this is up, the system's working when you have that level of accountability and integration, okay. right? That was my, that's been my, 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 my single shot solo cure for our situation. What do you think? You're not buying it. That was a nice one-off. <laughs> but how many officers were in that? We'll do work? that. How many officers was in that frame that did nothing? Well, I, I, we talked about it before, and you know, I interviewed my buddy Daryl earlier today, and he said, yeah, Mike, that's a great idea, except, remember, three officers stood by and did nothing did with nothing. Floyd. And I said, yeah, but I, in, in response to that, if you're right, and the Floyd thing is in partly motivated by race, we need more black officers. No, 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 no. How many other officers were in that picture when that man knocked that girl down. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. That did nothing. I, I don't know. I haven't seen that one. Oh, I haven't seen that no, case. No, no. You'll have to send it to me. That's no, crazy. No, no, no. You, the story oh, you oh, yeah, 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 yeah. The protests are on Yes, knees. yes. There was, was a line that, of officers. I don't know how many. officers. Yeah. The only one you saw charged behind him was the female black officer. Right. Who can directly relate to being a female but that, but, black. But don't you think that's the point? Like, isn't that a good... Isn't well, that a good thing? This is the thing. When it comes to officers, I have a, I'm, I'm, and I'll be honest, I have a tainted view okay. um, because of what I've seen, you know, mm -hmm. um, because of what I've heard, because of what I've lived through. Yeah. Uh, but I don't really look at police as being white and black and Spanish. They're blue. 
You know, <laughs> maybe you, what, black cops stand by and watch white cops do all types of terrible things to black people. I've watched black cops, like, yo, the cuffs are too tight. Shut up, like, because I'm big and they can throw me around mm. and push me around. And the cop, black cops still didn't do nothing. So you think there's you like know? a, th- that blue code goes it, it, deep. It's, I, don't, I don't think, like, we've, we've been discussing this for years. The mm. blue wall is silent. Like, we, yeah, this has been an okay, ongoing thing. Okay, so how, thing. how do you fix that? So, um, I think police have far too much power. Uh, and anybody, you know, absolute power corrupts absolutely. Yeah. It, it doesn't matter who you are. Right. I, I, it does not matter who power you are. Power is a responsibility. Power and it can is a responsibility. Yeah. It's become far too cliche. With great power comes great responsibility. But though it's lost its oomph, people don't realize how essential it is to adopt that perspective today, today more than anything. Right. When you, uh, if you're the good child, or at least perceived as the good child, mom has decided that this is the good one and anything you do she'll spin it to make it as though the others are wrong well why would you stop what's your incentive to stop if i shot a few people and you know beat up a few people and all i got was some complaints three four hundred grand i didn't pay it (laughs) big deal you know, I let this guy out of jail today, and then I came to his house and rearrested him just because I could. You know, I, I stop what I'm doing. Black guy walks by and says something while I'm arresting somebody. I'm arresting you too. Who do you think you are? Right. I know who you think you are. An officer with unlimited power. Mm. You know, you 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 don yourself, you fashion yourself as a god. When you can do what you want and not worry about repercussions, ramifications, how you destroy other lives. When you have an audience before you recording you and you just said, yeah, I'm still not going to stop. You know who I am? I've seen all big hulking officers beating on 14, 13 years. What are you doing? Beating up families. A whole family. Mm-hmm. You know, black people can't do anything with some comfort today. You know, we have this new thing now, Karen. <laughs> you kidding me, Mike? <laughs> we got the Are you kidding we were, me? We were talking about this before we started recording. Are we recording. really that backwards? Are we really that so far in a stone age and have our heads up our butts that you mean to tell me every time you just get the notion to pick up the, co- the, the phone to call. And see, this is the, um, you're not going to agree with this, and that's fine. <laughs> they don't get me. Let me hear it. But if America knows that police have ended up killing black people unarmed in something as simple as a traffic stop, okay? A traffic stop where there are no victims. Right. And you as an American know this. You knowing that police encounters with black men especially have a tendency to go wrong sometimes. Well, if you're calling police on a black man and you're saying he's threatening you, he's threatening your dog, he's this, he's that, he's trying to break in your building, he won't leave, he doesn't belong here, he doesn't rent space in his gym, he has his thug friend. If, 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 If you do this, 
You're calling the police. Well, my perspective is you're trying to get them killed mm. because you know how they handle us. All you have to say is, I think he may possibly know somebody who has a weapon. Good enough. Just that alone. It's enough to come in guns blazing. You're serious? A fleeing suspect is not a threat to you. He's running from you. How many officers have shot people in the back? What's going on? You know, uh, I'm from Brooklyn, remember? I, I was in New York still when Abner Louima took place. When officers decided to take a plunger. Because this man, I, be I believe he was homosexual, but he was in, uh, he was around some homosexual club or either way. But either way, you guys arrested this man and something made you say, Guys, we should put this, this plunger in his, in his rectum. How does anyone think this way? That's the thinking of a drug cartel. He wants to make a, a statement to his enemies. Yeah. Who thinks like that? A couple of guys went to jail. A couple of guys got put on death duty. Eventually, everybody you know, came home and they're living their lives. I don't think you should come home. I think every single person in the precinct who was at work during those hours should have been fired, should have been charged with accessory, because you hear the screams of a man being violated with a plunger. Come on, in the precinct. The screams, I could only imagine what that sounded like. Okay, that's the era I'm from. The era where uh, uh, Amadou Diallo, an immigrant, you know, sells wallets and purses and stuff like that, is coming out of his home. He has his wallet in his hand. He has his wallet in his hand. Mm -hmm. And he gets shot 41 times by NYPD. There were holes in the bottoms of his feet, which means he shot him as he lay there dying. Guess what, Mike? Nobody went to jail. Oh, well, they thought it was a cop. I mean, they thought it was a gun. That became the norm. Oh, I thought it was a gun. Oh, my life was in danger. I feared for my life. It's very, like, it's, it's, it's rehearsed. Uh, 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 uh. I feared for my life. I thought he had a gun. These are the norms. You see videos where officers pull someone, and he know his buddies over there. Waiting, waiting, and it's, he got a gun. Whoa, 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 what gun? Turn the engine. I'm not turning nothing off. If I move, you're gonna kill me. You got a gun on me. You're yelling to your partners. He got a gun, and I'm, I'm not. Nope, not turning nothing off. But what if there was no videotape of it? You know, it's like, bro, there there have been whole precincts that had nicknames because everybody knew what they were about. The mm. Dirty 30. That's one of the uh, notorious nicknames of a precinct in New York. So the many Dirty 30? Dirty 30. So much corrupt. There's documentaries on corrupt cops. Mm -hmm. Okay, corrupt precincts, corrupt sergeants, corrupt captains, lieutenants, and everything in between. Okay, documentaries. And a lot of them, they walk because they tell them the other ones.
Well, well, what exactly did that do? Okay, you got some off the street, but then you, you let some free because they cooperated. So they really didn't pay for the things they did. You know, mm. and grant you, you're not going to catch everything. But for it to be so, put it this way, think to yourself, this time, it's not blacks marching and protesting and rioting in America or in Florida or in New York. That's not what's going on this time. Mm-hmm. It's going on everywhere. Everywhere. Like there's something stirring up. They're knocking down historically uh, racist statues. You know, they're, they're marching, they're yelling, they're screaming. You're seeing signs saying Black Lives Matter from people that don't look anything like me. Yeah. Okay? It's, it's just Let me gone. ask you a question because you've, you've brought up a bunch of cases, some of which I, like, I'm literally mentally keeping track because I'm like, hey, wait a minute, hold on, I haven't heard of that one. That's crazy. Um, I'm currently mentally Googling Dirty 30. I got you. I got you. <laughs> you know, no, I'm serious. I, I mean, you, you brought up, in, in, in you've, you, these have obviously left an indelible mark on you. Absolutely. Right? Right. Come on. But do you believe, like, so do you believe, or, or, I don't know how to ask this and not come off like a jerk, but do you believe the numbers? Do you believe, like, what they tell us now is that the Washington Post for the last, since really just, just before Ferguson has been keeping track of all police violence across the United States, that they have a, a task force that does this. They're okay. the only organization that is really putting out numbers that anybody believes. Do you believe okay. the numbers? Uh, I actually didn't know that. Uh, I've heard numbers, you know, just throughout the years and stuff about, you know, you know, black, blacks as opposed to whites and how the arrest and, you know. They're saying to us that, and I'm talking in generalities, I'm giving the ballparks, right? This is not exact, but they're saying basically a thousand police shootings a year on average, Mm -hmm. 300 or below are uh, black people involved. Mm-hmm. 4% of those are unarmed. Mm-hmm. Do you believe those numbers? 4% of 300. Uh, that, that are unarmed. That are unarmed. Hmm. I don't know. Um, so this is the thing. Are we just arguing unarmed black men that are murdered? No, I think what we're saying is is when you invoke these stories, they're powerful. Mm -hmm. And they are passionate. And they get to the heart of the the debate surrounding what are we going to do about... um, Power structure, race as it relates to power, policing as it relates to power and to the public. Um, But whenever you mention one, you you realize that the conversation then goes in the direction, okay, well, what are we talking about here? Like, what what is happening? Do you know what I'm saying? And people want to know. They're like, okay, well, what is actually happening? What is going on? And I think from the – I shouldn't say that I think. I, I, I assume that from the black perspective in the black community, they're going, hey, 
there's a lot going on here, mm -hmm. right? And think about it from my worldview, we're not having these same agreed. We're right. not having, I'm not having right. these right. type of police encounters. Right. Do you see what I'm saying? So I'm left going, okay, okay, what are the numbers? And what are we talking about here? And what is the right thing to do moving forward? Does that make sense? Well, well for starters, when, okay, when I come here, or when I used to come here religiously, when I used to come here every Sunday, try to get here every Wednesday, you knew things that I didn't, that I wanted to know. Right. So how do I do that? I listen. Yeah. And when there's an opportunity, you ask questions. And then you may even do a little research. Yeah. You know? um, you may have to partake in some really gruesome videos, you know, to get an idea of videotaped homicides, you know, administered by people who are paid to protect us, protect and serve. Um, when, so you can dumb down numbers in a way to make it seem as if, oh, nothing's really happening here. For example, Unarmed black men being killed, well, that's one number. Unarmed black men being abused. It's a different number. It's a different number. Yeah. Unarmed black men being locked up. Civil rights violations. Thing. Exactly. Unarmed black men being given uh, five tickets for a taillight being broken. Different number. Unarmed <laughs> black. You know what I'm saying? Agreed. Th there was point. an unarmed black man. It's a valid point. I think he's 17. This is bigger than just the, the life and death. Absolutely. Right? If you focus on just the, the just Then you've the been selective have, absolutely. in your view. And it. that's what a lot of people, when, when all eyes matter, like what you don't understand is this. We're not talking about something that happens once in a blue moon. This is an everyday occurrence. Gotcha. Maybe not an everyday occurrence that a white officer or an officer period is killing a black man that's an no 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 but something of the things i mentioned is going on every single day in america it's not okay it's not okay for this to be the norm for us just to relinquish our whites he pulled me over let me turn my car off take the keys out put my hands up and open the door can i search your car well, I don't want you to. Oh, I'll bring the dogs in. You'd be here forever. And I, I had a cop tell me years ago, uh, me and a buddy of mine, we had came from uh, the Bronx. And uh, I was driving, and it was freezing outside. I'm like, it's New York. It's like uh, December, late December, whatever it was. That's why you moved down here. Right, absolutely. You can't take all that. But um, so I didn't have a fancy truck. as an Explorer, you know. Yeah. Um, and... I was the guy that in the winter, I ran my heat, you know, it's cold. Yeah. In the summer, I ran my AC, you know. I, my windows were open if I chose to, that's, you know. Anyway, me and this guy, uh, we were smoking in, in, in the truck, and uh, we were parked in, a, in in front of this, like, uh, it's like some kind of redirection school, I guess, like, you know, adults, some social service thing, whatever. And his lady friend lived a couple of houses down from there. So it was an open space. We sat there. Never left the vehicle. No big deal. So we talking, laughing and stuff. And uh, he was like, yo, I'm about to get out of here. Look. So I see, you know, 
the unmarked car, the Impala. So I knew here the cops go. But the most they're gonna do is smell, you know, marijuana and you know. Well, unfortunately, <laughs> that was just the beginning of it, you know. Um, they stopped him as he was walking to his girlfriend's house. Let him go instantly. Okay, he, he's short five four or five five. He's a little dude. And then they come to the truck. <clears throat> Three officers, two white, one black. Hey, what's going on? Nothing. You think I'm a joke? No. I saw you laughing at me. They're laughing at you? Yeah, I wasn't laughing at you. And obviously the language was far More different. More color. Absolutely. I'm, I'm just You're helping trying us out. to be mindful Thank you. of you. Thank know. you for helping us out. Uh, so I'd hate you to be pushing that. <laughs> but um, he, he uh, I saw you laughing at me, you know, such and such. So I was like, I was laughing because my buddy, he wanted to smoke again. And I was like, bro, I'm going to go home. Like, geez, you don't get enough. Yeah, you think it's funny? Da, da, da. License registration. So I get it to him. Now he's telling me to get out of the truck. We got a dilemma. It's ice cold outside. I don't have no shoes on. Mm. Officer, can I put my boots on? Get out the mall. Mind you. Two whites, one black. Who's the most aggressive? I'm guessing the white dude. The black guy no, the by black. <laughs> far. More aggressive? When I said, it's like, well, what did I do? You don't talk to my effing blah, 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 like that. Get out that. Like, I'm like, what did I do? I don't get Like, he was Living. going crazy, the black guy. Mind you, don't know if this has anything to do with it, but he was a light-skinned black guy. So I, I don't know if he just wanted to fit in and just wanted to let the cops know, hey, you know, I'm, I'm with y'all. You know, it's blue. You know, the hell with this black guy. It's blue. Anyhow, um, all but dragged me out the car. And I'm standing in my socks on the cold, wet New York winter ground. Trying to, to talk and collect myself. And I, it was almost impossible. What you shaking for? Huh? What you shaking for? You got some... I, I'm, I'm caught. I mean... They talked to me as if I was a dog, especially the guy who was most resemblant of my color. It's okay. He went in my pocket, found two bags of weed. Yeah, I can take you to prison for this. You want to do some time? I can lock you up forever. For... I was like, sir, I, 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 I collected myself. We were just smoking. I'm sorry, you know. Um, and I asked him, why did they stop me in the front? Like, what did I do? Yeah. You're illegally parking. I, I, I didn't leave my car. I'm, 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 you know, it says no parking. This place is closed, sir, since 4 or 5 this afternoon. It's, it's 11 something at night. You know, he, that didn't matter. You know, mm. you know I, I got you. So this is enough for me to abuse you any kind of way I feel and see fit. Before they took me out the car, they tell me to open a trunk. And I'm trying to open but he keeps on yanking the door as the button's trying. And I'm like, sir, you, you got to stop. Open this. And he's going crazy. 
And I'm like, sir, get out, get out. So I get out the car again oh, with their assistance. And I'm standing there and I'm answering their questions to the best I can. And they're tearing my truck up. There's a compartment in the back that he just knew he oh my. He found a drill. <laughs> that's that's what the compartment was for. Right. It was it, it, like it was the way it was shaped. Like wow, it's perfect for a drill, and that's what you found back there—a drill. So I'm sure they're a little pissed off because all you got is two bags of weed that you know they were hoping for more. They, they were hoping for more. He, he threw that on the ground and he smashed that with his feet. So then he goes, um, yeah, so um. You know what I want, right? No, I don't. Are we playing games? But they go surrounding me like a pack of wolves. Like, yeah, you know what I want, man. Stop playing. It's like, yo, bro, listen. Yeah, we can have this truck towed and take it piece by piece and have it sent to you in the mail. Piece at a time. That's what you want? I was like, no. I think you know what we want. So, yo, what are you talking about? Yeah, we want a gun. What's up? Um, I don't know who you guys think you stopped. My girl lives a few blocks. My kids live there. I'm a working man. I don't know nothing about no guns. I don't know nothing about nothing. I smoke weed. That's it. What you think, boss? Probably should take a man. And they toyed with me and played with me and made me feel like nothing. And then ultimately let me go. No ticket. No nothing. But they definitely left a mark on my memory yeah. for the rest of my life. You know, one of many. You know, it's... it's <laughs> we got to wrap up for yeah, now. Yeah, but right. on the way out here, what do you tell Miles about how to go about his day, about potential encounters with law enforcement, about how to conduct himself. How are you teaching him? Probably the worst way. Mm. What do you mean? Why did you say that? Why'd you go there? You feel like it's fused with too much anger? There is no right way. Okay. The wrong cop having a wrong day? Yeah, but I'm saying, what are you telling him about well, how to manage these He's situations? seen me pulled over. Okay. He sees the cop. He's, excuse me. He sees the car go off. Okay. The keys go on the dash, and my hands are in the air. And you know what he does? It's unfortunate that this is the world we live in, but he starts recording immediately. Okay. He gets the Facebook Live going. Yeah. That's where we're at now. Yeah, but do you talk to him like father to son and be like, look, I do. I, I never one on one. I talk to the everybody. Morgan to is, the whole family. Yes. Okay. Okay. Morgan will be ten next month. Okay. And to her, she doesn't comprehend like what's going why on. Why those cops, you know, stay on his back like that? You yeah. know, like, well, why would you not like someone because their color? Like, like she's oblivious. Excuse me to why any of this makes any sense yeah because racism is learned and she's not old enough to learn absolutely. all that dude. yeah absolutely well she's old enough but yeah but you know what i mean that crap you know what i mean yeah you know what i mean so um but haley goes to 
Valdosta University. And that part of Georgia is still set back I've been to in the dirty south. Yeah. And uh, unfortunately, there was a student that was killed, really horrific. And uh, two Caucasians that were attached to it, well, they have ties with the police. And in result, the guy never got justice. Okay, mm. I'll send that to you as well. Mm. Uh, and and when what they did to him it was just like so so bad, you know. Yeah. Um, anyhow, so I need her to know that. Um, unfortunately, everybody's not your friend. There are people who will not like you because of your bubbly personality. There are people who will not like you because you won't let them in. There'll be people who won't like you. Sally, because of your complexion, because of the texture of your hair, because of, you know, your lips being bigger than theirs or your nose being bigger, whatever. And I say, you know, it's, it's unfortunate. And she grew up with a lot of Caucasian kids in school. But I, I needed them to know that Yes, racism is alive and well in this country. And though you may not practice it, you may not see the logic behind it, there are other people who will argue even in their heads the rationale and say, no, this is the right way. We're supposed to be separate. They shouldn't have what we have. They shouldn't be allowed what we're allowed. So I don't tell her to behave in such a way to you know, make anyone feel that you're a racist because I don't want you to be that way. But I just want you to know that, you know, every guy on the football team who offers to carry your books is not looking to just be your friend. He's not looking to make your day a little easier. Right. Unfortunately, sometimes people have ulterior motives. And I just want to expose you to them. You know, I don't want you going on um, unannounced places without someone knowing where you're going. Right. No matter what, on my best day, it's going to take me three hours to get there. No mm. matter how much I tip the highway, it's going to take me three hours to get there. Yeah. So there's nothing I can do to help. So I need you. And, and Haley's naive. She didn't grab. She, my wife is naive. She's not. It's like this is blowing her mind. You know, um, she, she, Knows is there, but she couldn't understand why I had taken such an interest in it, you know, a few years back. And I think she's starting to understand. Well, don't you think part of that, too, though, <laughs> is that the latest studies, mm -hmm. all the latest studies, um, and there's a couple also in you, that they're, they're finding over and over again, set the racism discussion aside for a moment, they're finding over and again from a sociological a look that there is a, um, and I'm speaking generally here, but there's a fear, white. There's a fear amongst white people of black men. Okay, you know what I'm saying. And okay. so, don't you think that that makes it logical that the girls would have a different perspective? A lot of that they don't. They're not picking up on this like you're picking up on this. Yeah, I, I, that that makes sense. Yeah, but so. With all that's going on now, and we'll have to save this for another time. Oh, no, I, I definitely want to do a part two. Right, absolutely, uh, absolutely. <laughs> you know. um, but it, it, it's so much deeper than that, just that. you got to ask yourself, well, 
why are white men? Scared? No, no, I, I absolutely, people, you know, absolutely. Why? What's going you know, on? What's going on? Right. And and you know, I, I don't get as in depth as some of these people that are you know clear racist that look like me, you okay. know, white devil, blah blah blah, like like, you know, <laughs> I, I don't want to be that guy, you know. Okay. Like, I, I don't want to be the guy. Fair enough. Um, but I do go as far as to say, hey, you know, um, you brought us here. Unwillingly, you, you brought us here. You forced us to come here, and then eventually, when we were set free, if you will, well, we're economically tore up. We're set back hundreds of years because you brought us here. We didn't have a base. We don't have a platform to build on. Mm-hmm. So, okay, you set. I'm sorry. No, you good. set a bunch of slaves free. Awesome. Well, what the hell are we do now? Right. So a lot of people don't factor in that the only place that would take us is low in shacks, you know, mm-hmm. low in communities, impoverished communities. Well, there used to be a series on YouTube, I think they outlawed it since then, like bum fights, where they were paying homeless people to fight each other. Sure. Like how heinous is that? Sure. But well, why would Two homeless guys just fight each other because you said. Because they don't have nothing. Mm-hmm. And you're telling them, I'm going to give you something. Ten bucks, yeah. And that's, wow, that'll get me through the next two days. I can eat, you know, pizza today instead of garbage, you know. I can get me a McDonald's burger if their stomach be coming in the door instead of, you know, hoping someone drops a sandwich today. Okay? So we were put in an environment that was angry. Yeah. A very angry brother. Let me tell you something. Brooklyn, New York, Brownsville, East New York, Bushwick, Fort Greene, uh, angry places. Canarsie, Brooklyn used to be a predominantly white area. There was a project set in the back called Baby Houses by the Water. Awesome. When we moved up, there, I thought we was like, this is awesome. Yeah, it looks like the projects, but you know, it's, this is different. This is nice. This is yeah. the floors only go up to six or, or eight, but this is. And then the water, we can walk to the water. It's only a couple of miles down. And then they started letting too many black families in. And it got ugly, really ugly. But again, when you have nothing, you'll fight for it. You know, we weren't allowed to be punks in the neighborhood. You're a punk, you're a target. You know, if you wasn't down to sell these drugs, man, you better keep it moving. You better be a school nerd. Don't try to be cool. Like, me and Mike's cool. That's my boy. We hang together every day. Yeah, well, Mike's selling with drugs with us now. So you better get on out of here. And guess what? You don't have no job. So I worked some of you for years. Yeah. Yeah, I made that a uh, hundred and something dollars every two weeks. And then moms took her cut. I have nothing, really. Yeah. So... Selling drugs was a great alternative for a lot of people. Remember, this glass ceiling still exists. You know, it's, we don't talk about it as much as we used to because there are some black billionaires and some black millionaires in there. Well, there are blacks doing all types of things now. Yep, okay. There's still a glass ceiling, okay? And we don't talk about it. And a lot of people felt trapped. There were a lot of people who would not even look at your application if your name sounded ethically uh, 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 related. Like if you, Leroy Jenkins, 
ah, you kidding me? Get out of here. You know, a lot of people, I, I've had people, I, I, I was working at a place and buddy came and put in an application and um, I found his application, like a hundred places, like what happened, you know? And the girl told me, she's like, just let you know, they don't really, you know, I'm, I'm surprised they brought you on. Serious? Like, it, it was a certain kind of black person they hired mm -hmm. in the village. Mm -hmm. Certain kind of gay or looked gay or had the earring in his librette and, you know, cut off muscle shirt, you know, just real different, eccentric. There, there's a word. Okay. Okay. Just a black dude with a shirt and tie, they didn't want no parts of it. I was like, wow, that's crazy. So maybe that wasn't directly race related, but maybe it was. I don't know. But we've been fighting just to. A lady said something the other day, and I was like, wow, that's crazy. She says, imagine playing Monopoly. And I get 400 turns before you get one. You know, as I go around the board 400 times, or however many times I can accumulate in 400 turns, I get to keep everything I've accumulated over the time. Now it's your go. How do you catch up? Okay, I'll, I'll give you... Take New York Avenue. Well, every time I land on your property, I'm paying you $1,000. You land on mine, you're paying me 50. 50 bucks. Like, it, it, how do we catch up? Yeah. So, yes, Chicago is angry as hell. Detroit is angry as hell. Baltimore is angry as hell. Yes, there are some ghettos, man, and I would not step foot in. The southeast part of uh, uh, D.C. When I lived in D.C., we didn't go over there. Daytime, go see my boys' kids, and we got the heck out of it, okay? And I'm telling you this, I'm from Brooklyn, New York, and I'm telling you certain areas in the Bronx, certain areas in Brooklyn, so I don't go to because I know they're angry. And it's so embedded in them, they don't even know. They don't even know. Their parents passed on this. They saw that. They heard stories. They realized if there was a camera, maybe this would have been different. It, man, it's, drug dealers, are, it's not justified to kill you if you're breaking the law. Justifying to kill you if you're a threat to kill someone else. Just killing people is, and that's not uncommon where I'm from. By the wrong hands. You know, and, and again, people are angry at the cops. People are angry at each other. You got to be a certain machismo. You can't be a punk in the hood. And the hood is overcrowded, you know. And we learn to fight for anything. Yo, your mother. My mother? That's fighting words. Your mother what? Like, he didn't even say your mom's this or that. That's enough. Right. You make fun of my sneakers, that's enough to fight. Think about it for years. People were getting robbed and killed for their sneakers. Think about that. We were killing each other. Blacks, for, for the, at least for the most part, I know it, it was us, my people, yeah. killing each other over sneakers. Well, you think, well, why would you kill someone over some tennis shoes? Because I can't afford them. Because the kids laugh at my sneakers. Because my mom is a drug addict or because my dad left when I was two or whatever. Whatever the reasoning, because I have nothing. So, 
I realize I can take stuff. Wow. How many kids are running up in these Gucci stores and during the riots? Why? I don't have this stuff. I can get it now. I can get it, sell it, and get me some money. And they may do the dumbest things with it. I see kids with 250 on their feet. <laughs> Broke is a joke, but got walking, 250 on their feet. <laughs> walking. Yeah. Which makes no sense. But it's nice to look like something, too. Yeah. It's nice to feel like somebody. And it's unfortunate. It's really twisted logic. But, again, we were brought here, and then we were enslaved. And then when we were freed, we, we were so far behind. Like, there are millions of white people along the way that helped us. Millions. And I don't want to take the light off of them. But you got to think, like, like, slavery was the law. That was the law in here in America. That was the law. Mm. That because your complexion is different and your features are different, you're only valued at three-fifths of a man. So it's going to take two of you to equal my one vote. What? How? So you got to kind of like go, you know, when people are schizophrenic, um, psychotic, sociopaths, uh, uh, they, they, they can't perform in the bedroom, they, 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 they're shy away, or even when they were gay and stuff, we traced it back to things that happened to them as children. You gotta trace this stuff back. It's not just, oh, blacks are angry and they're wild and violent. No, 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 no. Why? What's the reasoning? I learned from a very intelligent man that sits before me. The why is more important than the what. Yeah. Why is it this way? Why? Yeah. So I think... Um, Let's have part two and go over a whole yeah, thing on why. Yeah, what do you say? Absolutely, man. Absolutely. Dude. And this is nowhere near what I expected. I expected to be just over-emotional and stuff. I'm like, you know oh, what? You were great. I'm glad and I appreciate you sharing from your heart. Yeah, man. Thank yeah. you for coming in. Thanks for having Theology me. Theology thanks you. The church thanks you. Thank you for Likewise. sharing. Come back. We will. Absolutely. Right. You Love tell you. me. Hey, goodbye. God bless. Love you guys. Mean it. Pleasure, guys.